Better Living Through Chemistry entered the American lexicon thanks to the 1935 advertising slogan of a well-known, what else? Chemical company. But after nearly a century of manufacturing dangerous toxic chemicals, a new perspective in the field has emerged called green chemistry, focused on the design of products and processes that minimize or eliminate the use and generation of hazardous substances. I'm Eric Ebel, Communications Manager for the Washington Department of Ecology's Hazardous Waste and Toxics Reduction Program, and today I'm speaking with the award-winning green chemistry scientist Saskia van Bergen, who has a master's degree in agriculture and environmental chemistry. Saskia, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. For those of us who are not card-carrying chemists like yourself, can you explain what green chemistry is? Sure. So um, you actually gave the traditional definition of green chemistry. But basically, I mean, the idea of it was in the late 90s, these two chemists came up with the definition as well as some principles. Because if you think about chemistry in general, probably the images that you're envisioning right now are not on sustainability. And what they did is they came up with that definition as well as some principles of green chemistry, which basically break down into three main themes eliminating reducing hazard, minimizing material waste and energy use, as well as using renewable feedstocks. So the idea is that one can design safer, more sustainable chemicals. So they really, in the end, the principles address the hazard as well as the materials used in the chemical synthesis. I wish I could say I understood all of that. So how long has the green chemistry philosophy been part of the mainstream scientific community? It depends really which industry you're in. I would say that green chemistry isn't fully mainstream. As I mentioned, it started in the late 90s, and it's been growing in different areas more so than others. So I wouldn't say it's mainstream, but it's growing. What do you see as the future of green chemistry if it's still in its growth process? The goal is that one day all chemistry would be green chemistry, and I hope that we do get there sooner than later. So for someone who's not a well-educated chemist, if there's a chemical out there that's been produced, like PFAS, for example, a forever chemical, that will never go away, will never break down in the environment that we know of. What green chemistry does is try to find chemicals that do the same thing, but that do break down in the environment. They do have an end of life. Is that right? The theme that I kind of mentioned on green chemistry, eliminating, reducing hazard, is throughout the whole life cycle of the chemical. So it's the starting materials, the solvents that are used when you make that chemical, as well as the end of life of that specific molecule that you have designed. You want to make sure that you designed it to degrade. Let's talk about the work that you do specifically. What kinds of activities do you undertake to promote green chemistry in Washington? There's a, a number of different places that are really useful to work in. Educators chemistry high school teachers, for example, as well as in higher ed, working with chemistry departments, supporting teachers with either materials or news articles that could be helpful for them to incorporate into their curriculum. But also, actually, if you think about it, if you really want to engage a diverse group of students in STEM, you really want to start in an earlier age. And what's nice about this is it also aligns with the next generation science standards, which are standards that are currently used in our K-12 system. So any teachers that are listening to this, what can they do to help promote green chemistry in the classroom? They can learn about it if they're not familiar, as well as teach some of the content. So there's different resources out there. One example is with Beyond Benign. It's a website that has open access curriculum for elementary, middle, high school, as well as higher ed. 
and talk to other teachers who have incorporated it. If you attend the Washington Science Teachers Association annual conference, for example, um, there have been some sessions there. Or if I can help you with respect to bringing some of these ideas to your classroom, if it's helpful, I really would love the opportunity to provide some resources. And teachers can reach out to you through the Department of Ecology's website at ecy.wa.gov. Besides educators, who else in Washington can assist with green chemistry? Another group that's actually really helpful for mainstreaming in chemistry are the businesses. We actually don't have a ton of chemical manufacturers within Washington. So from a more purist green chemistry point of view, one place that we actually have an opportunity is with startups. And so the innovators who can design different products, sometimes there are some, for example, that are designing safer bio-based surfactants, for example, which is something that can be used in uh, laundry soap. They're one group that actually is very helpful for designing green chemistry innovations. In addition to the startups, there are some larger companies, for example, could be brands or retailers, and they are another group that are really helpful for advancing green chemistry, because while they're not chemical manufacturers, they sell a number of different products and can know of certain chemicals that are of high concern. And so one of the ways that they can help identify an opportunity is by communicating innovation needs. And so if they know there's a certain chemical concern in different products, they can communicate that to the researchers and uh, different innovators. Saskia, last question. What can the average citizen do to help the green chemistry cause? Are there products that we can avoid? Is there a specific lifestyle change that we can make? One of the things that one can do to help advance green chemistry is by showing interest and communicating the want for these safer chemicals. And there are certain third-party certifications, also kind of nicknamed as eco-logos, that you can look for to help identify products that are safer, one of them being the EPA certification called Safer Choice, which is mainly for cleaning products, but looking for that logo. Also, when you are going to a store and looking for certain products, sometimes asking about what ingredients there are, because knowing what's in the product and just asking for transparency is helpful for advancing green chemistry because from the chemist perspective, if you know what's in the products, you can identify a certain function. And if it's a problematic function, that's where a green chemist could design a more sustainable alternative to that specific chemical. Saskia Van Bergen speaking about her work in green chemistry on behalf of Washington's Department of Ecology. Saskia, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.